episode of the new season of the Fed Space Ireland podcast with your hosts myself Michelle Maguire and I'm Hazel Mullins and on today's podcast we have Niamh Casey from Galabi Veterinary Hospital in Cork who is an RCVS advanced practitioner in general small animal surgery. Hi Niamh and welcome to the Vet Space Ireland podcast it is a pleasure to have you on with us and yeah how are things? Hi um yeah everything is good um I'm still here at work but uh, all all is under control so, so lovely it looks all very surgical there <laughs> behind you <laughs> in the beautiful glabby so Niamh tell us all about your veterinary journey so far um yeah so I graduated from UCD in 2017 I I enjoyed my large animal placements but like I always knew I wanted to work with small animals and I wanted to develop these skills as early as possible. Um, I did a few placements in the UK during my final year and I couldn't believe how advanced the hospitals were over there. You know, following advice from Steve Martin, he had recommended to go to um, oh, yeah. specialists. Yeah. Yeah, he recommended Northwest Specialist, so I did a placement over there and absolutely loved it and applied for an internship. Um, so yeah, I followed him to the that internship role. It was in, in Cheshire, just outside Liverpool. It was a, a private referral hospital and they had two to three boarded surgery surgeons and or two to three boarded diplomats in in soft tissue, ortho, neuro, imaging, wow. cardio, every everything, medicine, oncology everything it was it was a scale of specialty I had never seen before and I learned so much in my first year graduated um yeah, was your internship hard Neve? like was it long hours like t- yeah it was it was very challenging it was definitely a big shock to the system but I suppose I was over in the UK so it was okay I think I probably I might have found it quite hard if I was at home but I was kind of away from from my friends and I really wanted to invest my time and learning and skilling up so I was quite happy to do the long days and, and work the weekends and you know I think nobody really minds when when it, you know when you're seeing exciting cases and you know things you've never seen before and you're learning and you're scrubbed in and you know if it's if you're learning I, I think you know it's, it's all worthwhile. Sounds um sounds like a, a real baptism of fire, all these cases and yeah, really exciting. And especially if you're into surgery, it must have really opened up your, you know, mind to what can be done and what, you know, possibilities there is. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was. It was it was amazing in terms of yeah, surgeries I had never heard of before and you know, having in-house MRI and CT and yeah, all the the, the best equipment. And I suppose I suppose the best thing that I took out of it really in one sense, I was just thinking about this yesterday, was you know, they when you start first and you don't have a lot of skills coming out initially, you know, they they taught me the importance of like good anesthesia. I, I I did I worked really closely with the nurses and they really taught me the you know pre-med protocols and anesthetic workups and you know how to place esophageal feeding tubes and perform nerve blocks and you know a lot of like good a lot of good nursing skills charting and charting hospital sheets monitoring patients and, and I think that, that really stood to me you know in all my other like my future jobs just having that that nice groundwork 
Um, so, and I suppose when you are monitoring an anesthesia as well, it's or an anesthetic, it's a really nice opportunity to, you know, to be involved in the cool case and to follow the case through, and and you can just listen and learn to everything that's going on around you, you know, because you're you're part of it. So, I suppose, yeah. It's good. So it's a year there. Sorry, Hazel. Yeah, I spent I spent a year there, and then following from that internship, I I wanted to gain some hands-on surgical skills because it was you know you were scrubbing a lot, but there you didn't get a huge amount of practical skills. So I really wanted to work on that. So I I worked in a primary first opinion setting then in North Wales for a year, and I, that clinic had a lot of certificate holders, and that's when I started to you know, they kind of encouraged me to to start a, a small animal surgical cert. And that's where, yeah, that's where I started kind of really learning your, your core surgeries, your bitch space, your castrations, your, you know, spinectomies, things like that. Cool. But, uh, How'd you get on in Wales? <laughs> good, uh, how did I go? Um, it was good, I, I really enjoyed Wales. Um, I suppose the most common dog that we saw was the Springer Spaniel. They were all dogs that would climb mountains on the weekends. And Lovely. I remember, I actually remember the very first week I started, they were signing everybody up to do the tree peaks. It was climbing the tree highest mountains oh, yeah. in, in the UK. And I was like, oh, I'll start the walks. This would be a really nice social activity and you know, help me to get to know the team. And oh my God, before I knew it, we were signed into climbing the three highest mountains in the UK in a 24-hour period. But um, yeah, no, that it was that was a nice thing about Wales. There was so many outdoor activities. And it was it was definitely the break that I needed after the internship because I was working with people who really wanted to see and do things on the weekends and, and travel around, which is great. That's class. No, I, I, I traveled when I work, when I um, went to college, I, I spent a bit of time in Wales and it's a, it's, it's a beautiful part. And yeah, it's very outdoorsy. It's, uh, outdoorsy. Very outdoorsy. Yeah. And that three peaks, that's not easy. So well done. <laughs> I know people that have done that. And I was like, no, not a hope. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was fine. I suppose, uh, I suppose at that stage as well, I suppose was always going to keep an eye on what was happening at home. So when I finished the, when I came, it was coming up to a year, it was actually January 2020. It was, it was just before COVID when, when we didn't know COVID was going to happen. But I was always keeping an eye on like what was happening at home because I had a fiance in Cork. Oh. And um, Galabi, I'd looked, I'd, I suppose most of my placement was in Galabi. So I reached out to Galabi in, in that January and, and they were offering a position for either a surgical intern at the time or else an out of hours vet with the my night vet service mm -hmm. and I suppose I felt the surgical internship would it would tie in nicely with the like the certificate that I was doing as most of the search is online and the internship thing kind of provided all the, the practical element and a massive part of the surgical search really is to discuss cases with your peers and, and learn by orally discussing cases so I said if I was with two diplomats for a year that that would just be a great opportunity to kind of work on that and, and to speak about cases in a kind of professional manner and um, so I moved home then in in January in 2020 and I did the surgical internship and that was also another challenging year but also you know a really rewarding enjoyable year and um, I think I scrubbed in more in Galabi than I would have done when I was over in the UK the UK was mostly rotating and you had your weekend nights but in Galabi, you were scrubbing every single day for the year, which is great. You know, you're involved in every surgical caseload. And I suppose a kind of a benefit was they, they didn't have residents. So you were very, you know, you had a lot of responsibility and 
on the weekends with the mine outfit service you also worked at mine outfit. they still had your own primary cases which you could work up yourself and and if they needed surgery you could perform so so that was that was another you know, a great year and it definitely the, the search really complemented it because with the search you had to and um, you know, we were always learning like evidence-based medicine and reading about the newest papers that were out on on surgeries that you were encountering every day so they just overlapped really nicely so it's yeah that was another great year I think the internship was it was like it was full-on but if you asked me if I would like to do it again in the morning I would say absolutely I would, I would definitely do it again it was a great year so you'd recommend it to any new grad vets or student vets thinking about what they're going to do? Yeah, um, I yeah, I suppose everybody's different because I know there's obviously like students out there that absolutely loved a large and, and hated being in an indoor setting and hated you know being solely maybe working with smalls. But um, I think it, it just gave me a really nice foundation, you know, a nice groundwork as to just, I suppose, the importance of a, a thorough clinical exam, learning you know, learning the diagnostic workup for, for cases and the differentials that you had to encounter or, you know, that you had to, to work up. So, yeah, so I loved it. I thought it was, yeah, they're, they're great years. They definitely were a nice, a nice um, foundation. So lovely to hear some positivity. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Um, and it's lovely when you have a passion like that and you just find a job that just fits that passion and allows you to really develop your skills and like yeah no it's it's really nice yeah. to hear you and yeah it's great so after 2020 like what happened then after the internship yeah so after hanging on your breath of breath here like I'm like oh what happened next <laughs> not much no um, no I was lucky um Gilabi I was very fortunate that Gilabi offered me a, a full-time position shortly after the internship so I've stayed here since and mm-hmm. um, I suppose it, like during during final year I I thought I might want to specialize and so like I kind of made a list of skills that I needed and I started trying to tick some boxes yeah I did the rotating internship the surgical internship I've got my surgical certificate now and, and I'm working on a publication I suppose I always wanted to explore the residency avenue as it's really nice to be trained by diplomats and and to learn from from such skilled surgeons but yeah, I think recently I started to realize how competitive a process it is. And, you know, and as well, I, I got married last year and we like moved into our house in Cork. We moved into like a new house last month. So yeah, congratulations. And can I just say that Michelle, um, you know, got, you know, me asked Niamh to come on the podcast. It wasn't Hazel asking another Cork person <laughs> to come on the podcast. It just happens. This just happens <laughs> all the time. Like, <laughs> oh, this actually was my chance. I didn't know. So you're actually from Cork, Steve. Yeah. Oh, is this where this is going? Because I said the word Cork. Yeah. yeah oh, Cork. okay. <laughs> She's obsessed. <laughs> oh, but and well, congratulations on getting married. And where did you get married? Did you get married in Cork as well? We got married in Cork. Yeah, my um husband is local just a neighboring parish outside McCroom and um we got married just in our local parish and went to the Brehan in Killarney afterwards oh fab gorgeous very good so you're saying there Neve, that maybe you're thinking about not pursuing a residency at this stage yeah I 
I just, I suppose I never, you know, you know, there's, there's some students in college that are, are really set that they want to specialize. And I definitely wasn't one of those. I was never, I didn't really know anything about it until that first internship. But I suppose I just wanted to, to keep my options open because it was something that I was very interested in. And, you know, if you want to improve your surgical skills, it just seemed like the only pathway that was out there to, to continue to improve. But, you know, it's hard to get the balance right between like your personal life and, and you know, continuing down the route of advanced training and a four or three, three or four year residency would involve traveling back to the UK again. And then the intense nature of residencies means that it, it doesn't have much scope or flexibility for flat family planning. And, um, you know, I think everyone's experience is so different. And sometimes you just need to make life choices depending on what you can achieve and what you can fit around your personal life. And and just to choose the option that would bring you the most happiness. So for me, I'm like, I, I'm really satisfied once I'm seeing surgeries and, and since completing the search, I'm in theater three out of four days in the week. And, you know, I'm so happy that I'm working in a fantastic hospital with, with a great caseload and, and lovely clients and, and super, super nurses. And obviously, you know, in Cork, um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's all it's all worthwhile. That's the icing on the cake. Yeah. <laughs> um, Steve, maybe go back there a few steps and tell us a bit about the search. So you did the RC, yeah, B search, was it from Liverpool, yeah. or do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so I did my postgraduate surgical search. It was through the uh, Liverpool University, and it was accredited by the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons. Um, it took me three years to complete. I think you can complete it over a quite a long period of time. So some people can be working on this over a 10 year period. It's it's modular based. So um, you need to complete six modules and each module is consists of 16 weeks or four months of learning material. And then at the end of your six modules, then you have the option whether or not you want to go ahead and complete an oral exam. So you can stop after you've completed all your modules and become a cert holder, or else you can go on and complete the oral exam. And that's when the RCVS, the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons, um, awards you with an advanced practitioner status. Okay. Wow. And you did that. You did the oral exam, didn't you? I did the oral exam. Yeah. I did. I thought about not doing it for a small bit. Um, uh, just, I think it's just because it's, you don't necessarily have to do it. it. It's very much based on your own self-motivation. You know, you, once you complete your six modules, you have that option um, whether or not you want to go on and proceed with the oral exam. So I said after the, the wedding, I'd give myself a break for two or three months. And then, you know, then, yeah, I said, okay, let's do this. So I completed it. Um, when did I do it? I did it on the 15th of September. So just last month. Class. And was yeah. that really hard? Tell us about the oral, was it? The we had someone on them. talking about one before for a dermatologist, was it Nevo too? And she was saying it was really, they had one that she, it's the same, similar thing with her cert that you didn't have to do the oral, but you had to do it in order to call yourself a dermatologist or something. And she said yeah. it was just so nervous. They just handed you, you got cases like, five minutes before you went in so she said it was really nerve-wracking what was it like for you yeah I found the oral exam nerve-wracking I remember even just the day I paid the fee to complete the oral exam <laughs> and go ahead with it I was like oh here we go but um but yeah I suppose what's what the 
kind of scary part about it is, is that you can literally be asked anything relating to orthopedic and soft tissue st- surgery. And, you know, when you start studying, you start to notice like how huge an area it is. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you're also, I think another challenge is you're also studying while you're working and, and that, you know, it, it can be difficult. And it's so different to college and that when you're studying at college, people know during Christmas time and summertime that you're facing into exams and they assume that you will be studying, but it's, it's so much harder in, you know, at this stage of your life when you have to occasionally miss out on a family occasion or a friend's event because you're studying. It's just like much harder excuse to use when you're out working versus when you're in college. Um, but yeah, it was a 60 minute oral exam. It was made up of three 20 minute cases. And on the day, so I flew over to Liverpool to sit the oral exam and uh, they brought us into this kind of kind of an older building. And when you go in the door, they'll, they'll take your phone and your watch and everything and put you, <laughs> every, all your valuables and, and they bring you into a room and they told me that the examiner would be in shortly. So sitting in this room for, it was definitely 15 minutes. And all I could hear was that old ticking clock in the background just waiting for the examiner to come in. So anyway, the examiner came in and he presented me with a piece of paper and on that piece of paper were my three cases. So it was essentially just the signalment and it was just a signalment, yeah. So for example, let's say an eight-year-old male entire malamute they, the owner has phoned saying this dog is, has got constipation or tenismus, struggling to defecate and otherwise well in himself. But that's, that's what you get, you know, just, just the kind of the background. So at that point, you're able to like write down your differentials and your, you know, your kind of primary condition, your, your problem list, what kind of tests you'd like to perform. And yeah, you get a chance. So it's nice because at least you see what you have some idea what you're going to be discussing for the next hour. And then when those 15 minutes are up, then they brought us through to a separate room where there was two diplomats, one soft tissue, one ortho, and then they would go through the cases. So in my case, I had two soft tissue cases and I had one ortho case. Um, I would have preferred to go with the other way around, but it was, it was still fine. Oh, wow. Well, I was just thinking, oh no, I'd much rather three soft <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Fair play to you though, because like the orthopedic side of I just never I got my head around any of those drills and screws and oh my god, my head would be melted from it. Um, I think, yeah, I think I do owe an awful lot of that to Shane Gearin because he's just so passionate when it comes to teaching orthopedics. He just makes it like Kind of like a language that you want to learn you know he's just every time there's a a fracture and he's describing the principles of fracture repair it's it's just a, it's addictive you know you just want it you want to be good at it um but yeah i remember putting so much effort into learning the ins and outs of my you know cruciates um cruciate disease and medial patella luxation and hip luxations and all the kind of core surgeries of orthopedics i remember i got an infraspinatus contracture <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> like it was fine because I suppose at the end of the day what they want <laughs> I don't even know what that is I'm going they just showed me a video they showed me a video of a dog walking it was it was a dog real real life setting it was in a practice over in the UK it was lashing rain and this man was walking his 
kind of lurch across um, across the car park and the dog was kind of circumducting or abducting is right for them. But, um, you know, I think, you know, the you know, the, the most important thing with any of the oral exams is just to, to really, you know, take your time with the clinical exam and to, to focus on the dog's, you know, his, his demeanor and his body condition score and does he have any evidence of, of muscle atrophy and, and you know, just do a really thorough orthopedic clinical exam and, and just to go through, yeah, just to go through everything just really slowly and methodically, I think that was more important to them than, you know, knowing exactly what it was. I think they made it their business to, to pick cases that were like, my other case was a, a parathyroidectomy and I think the other one was a prosthetic abscess, but yeah, it was, but, um, you know, they were, it, it, the actual end result didn't really matter. It was just so that they knew that you were performing a logical workup and, and that you knew what, you know, you could justify the tests that needed to be performed. God, I kind of want to go back and be a small animal surgeon. I'm like, this sounds so cool, but also very difficult. <laughs> oh, I think, um, I think you're brilliant, Nia. Fair play. Yeah, like, that's yeah. very impressive. Well done. And so it's lovely that it's kind of new. Like it's, it's, you've just kind of finished it and it's, it's all very kind of exciting and just, yeah, congratulations on it. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, and I think you'll be glad, you'll look back and you'll be glad you did that oral exam. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose there's, you know, if, if there's anyone out there that is considering doing um, a certificate, I just I suppose just like to say that, you know, I definitely had huge imposter syndrome, you know, facing into that word exam. I felt like every, you know, when, when you're studying, you're, you finished your module about a, a year ago, you're, you know, you're six modules and you've got this year to yourself where you're studying and you've lost contact with a lot of the candidates that you are learning with and um, because once you finish the the actual modular component they remove your access to the lecturers and and you they you know you're no longer part of their blackboard system so you quickly kind of feel like you're on your own when you're preparing for the oral exam so if there's anyone else that's ever you know faced into them you know I, I I felt like I was completely out of my depth and that I could never do a surgery cert. I definitely didn't have, you know, enough uh, surgical cases and that there's definitely people in the UK and around Ireland that have way more experience than me. And, you know, they're seeing more cases, maybe they're in busier referral hospitals, but, you know, it's, you know, I don't think, I don't think it comes down to that really, you know, I suppose my main advice really to anyone that's trying to, you know, do a surgical cert or considering doing it is firstly to, to, to start it. Um, the first two modules, you don't need any kind of a caseload. They're they're all about like dealing with ethics and welfare and your search or your let's say your radiograph interpretation workups and medical cases. You know, you really don't need to have any kind of a, a caseload for the first two modules. And if you could find a buddy from the course early on, that that's brilliant. Some friend on the course that you can just buddy up with and have as a support network in the weeks coming up to the oral exam. And you know someone that you can discuss the cases with. Uh, uh, yeah, that that's kind of the main advice. You know, just have have somebody there that when it comes close to the exam, that you can pick up the phone and just say, "How are you getting on?" and talk about the cases. And when you're someone like me who didn't save any of the last few months of learning material, and um, you've got someone who can share everything across with you and, and work together. 
Well, that's brilliant advice to anyone that is thinking yeah. of research. And I think that's kind of covered um, our probably, well, we usually and ask tips. for new grad tips, but they're, you know, they're fantastic, you know, potential cert holder tips. So it's uh, a little bit of a, a different angle this time, maybe in this podcast. But yeah, I think look, I, I took the leap and did a, a cert in uh, Edinburgh a couple of years ago. Well, I still I must graduate oh. in November. <laughs> but um keep putting it off and uh yeah no I'm very glad I did it but I would definitely agree it's something that you need to do maybe when life is kind of a certain you know that you have enough time in the evenings and uh, that you don't have you know because it is really hard to do it outside of work because you're exhausted in work and then you'd have to go home and and yeah so it's something you definitely have to think about um but it it definitely is very rewarding at the end I would agree yeah so but I don't get to do cool surgeries on on, uh, on talks though <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> do cool surgeries I, on cows yeah and I'm not able to do cool surgeries on cows and oh, my I'm sure you farmer, so. <laughs> um so Nia what do you do outside of um doing cool surgeries and working in Calabi, what does Nia do to relax and unwind from the veterinary world? I don't know if it would be everybody's idea of relaxing and unwinding, but I, I love CrossFit. Um, I love doing any kind of CrossFit like workouts or like wall climbing or calisthenics. I think definitely in the run up to the exam, it was my therapy. I was like, I probably went more than I ever went before because it was just that break out the house to clear my head and to be able to just think straight and kind of just I think afterwards you just feel so you get that boost don't you where you feel great in yourself and you're kind of ready to you know get back into studying again or, or put you in good form before before work um, I think probably a lot of the reason that I enjoy CrossFit as well is that in in veterinary you know it's really hard to have a hobby because of our working hours so it needs to be a hobby that you can fit in like before 7 a.m in the morning or after 8 p.m in the evening you know I you know a good few of my home friends they've taken up tag rugby and they're always talking to me saying oh will you will you start tag rugby or looking for new members and every three or four months I'll get that text message or will I start tag rugby but it's it like it can happen anytime between half five and half seven on a Tuesday evening, which is just completely not compatible with with veterinary hours. So, so I think yeah, it, it has to be a hobby that just works, you know, that you can fit into your your lifestyle. And um, so yeah, I think that that that's the main one. I think what's nice is there's a good few of the gang here at work, and they're also big into CrossFit. So you know, we do a few walking handstands down the corridors some mornings and. <laughs> Yeah, no, <laughs> we'd like to see those on the Instagram. Page, Absolutely please. not. Yeah. Are you are you in a are you joined to a club? Like, do you actually compete? Yeah. You know, at these competitions no, as well? I or? don't. I should. I yeah. I'd love to do that. I think that's just where it just steps into taking a little bit too much of my yeah my time, and I suppose my priority yeah. is more so in in veterinary. That's kind of always been for you know the number one but um I suppose something that's coming up actually I the gym that I go to so it would be it's this it's the squad um in, oh, in Cork and at the moment they're they're actually preparing for a fundraiser for Cork Dog at the moment and it involves 600 burpees and 600 balls to the oh. wall in two hours <laughs> uh, 
so yeah I've been automatically signed up to that because oh I know God, I work in <laughs> and you know it's happening in court cases so if you'd Is like it? to take part well the word the word burpee actually I'm actually like physically allergic to that word so <laughs> <laughs> I'd break out in hives if I go anywhere. 600 no, I, I wouldn't do 60. 600? Oh my God, I couldn't no. even do I, I, I probably won't be able to either, but um, I've, I'm, I'm involved in it now, so I'll have to. And I, it's all a mind game, really, I think. Is it split just... up between, every, is it just as much as you can do, kind of just keep going? Yeah. I... Oh, no, oh wait, it will have to be split up. There'll have, like, I think it's over like a two hour period, so I think there'll oh, be sure, yeah. plenty of breaks. Yeah, um, it's yeah. still a fundraiser at the end of the day, so I don't think it'll be that crazy. Yeah, no, that gym has a really good reputation, and it's really kind of um, it's you know run by like women, and it's it's like yeah, I see it on Instagram. It's very uh, it's 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 got a good vibe. By yeah, the- there's a great energy, and every time you go in, everyone is just so welcoming and. Yeah, like I feel sometimes when you go to a gym, it can just feel like you're it's somewhere that you have to go and, and you kind of force yourself in. Well, there's just a great atmosphere there and everyone's so friendly and there's always something you want to get better at. So yeah, it just keeps cool. it interesting. I like it. Very good. Mm-hmm. So Neve, do you have a funny story for us that you can share? Oh, uh, you know, I was talking to Donald about this last night and we're sitting in the sitting room and I went through three stories that I thought were funny and he he completely didn't agree so now I don't really think I have a funny story because try us come on try us I didn't the reaction I wanted and at every single story I mentioned he said oh no you can't tell that story so I, I don't think I have a funny story but um I, I can, uh, you um, have to try us with one of them now you can't dangle that bait and then pull it come on I'm not I'm not a good storyteller either so I'll probably get the punchline wrong but um I'm, yeah um I'm there's two or three of them I don't I still yeah go on pick one pick one your favorite yeah so my favorite okay my this is my favorite because it wasn't it's relatively relatively recent one so there was this one um there was this one day where I had a cancelled procedure and I asked Shane if I could join him on his first consult uh, I wasn't working as an intern anymore, but I, I always like to ask Shane if I ever have any bit of free time, I'd like to try and learn from him. So I asked if I could shadow him on the case and you know, Shane was really welcoming. I said, of course. So he happened to be seeing in a new case. It was a, a Doberman that needed a revision surgery and get a, get out a fractured femur. But uh, he was discussing the surgery with the owners and he asked me for a pin. We were outside as well. So just to set the scene, this was COVID times and, and we were all outside. And he wanted to describe like to the owners about like the factors uh, required to allow a bone to heal. And, and I knew where this was going. He was going to talk about bone biology and, and stability. So when he asked for the pen, I obliged and I walked into reception uh, as quickly as I could to source a pin for him. And was he looking for a pin or a pen? Oh, like a pin. Sorry. So every time Shane will do a consult, he will turn over the back of the consent form and he will start you know, describing and oh, drawing a pen. He, okay yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so um so you know when you're trying to help him out and, and you're walking as briskly as you can but equally you're trying to remain really professional so it's that kind of awkward fast walk so anyway <laughs> I briskly walked into reception and I collected the pen from reception and 
did this really quick 180 because I knew he was waiting on me with these two owners and their dog. Uh, so I, I rushed down the ramp into the car park. And as I was about to complete this really simple little mission, I literally fell at the last hurdle. <laughs> and like literally like went like tripped over the mat and flying through the air and into the gravel in the car park. And oh God. Like, <laughs> it was COVID and it was in front of all the owners standing outside with their dogs. <laughs> Oh, and, and Shane and Shane and the owners like, and, 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 and like like it must have been great viewing entertainment for for all those owners standing there but I remember I got up and you know, pin still in hand uh, and, you know I just I just pretended like nothing happened I just calmly walked over to Shane I, I'd, I'd hold in my scrub pants oh my and, god I was did you get like really hurt Oh, yeah, but I was never, like, I think there was so much adrenaline going through my body, it didn't matter at that point. But I was just so mortified, and I, I just walked over to Shane, and I just said, I got your pen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you poor creator. You were like, nobody saw it, nobody saw it. Keep yeah. going, keep going. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm in bits. That That's was my embarrassing funny. moment. Really simple. But that is really funny, awkward. though. That is, because, like, that is just... That's pretty cool. And I know, I know that why. walk as well. Like yeah. the one you're talking about, you're like, right, I need to get this, but I also need to not look like I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're doing everything to like, you know, you kind of want to impress someone and you want to, you know, put your best foot forward. And it's always when you're trying to help someone with a really simple task that that's something that's hardly wrong. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, look, I'm glad you told that. It was very, like, it was very PC. I was worried, like, you know, um, when. Donald was saying, no, you can't say that. You can't say that. Um, oh, God. I don't know why he was saying you couldn't say that one. I've just leaked my Very mascara funny. all down my face. And then, you know, when it goes into your eyeball and then starts burning your eye out of your head. Yeah. Then. <sighs> the joys. The joy. No, I'm really glad now. That's a good one to end on now. Um, have we any other questions, Michelle? Is there anything else that's burning? No, the only other one we ask is the miserable one about the challenges in veterinary but I feel like this has been a really positive podcast uh, I so I feel like I, we should just call that one off for today yeah, I think we unless you had something really profound that you wanted to say on that leave did you uh no 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 I'm nothing no burning desires I think we already know there's, there's a good few of them out there but yeah let's just leave them today Let's leave it on a positive note and thank you so much Nia for joining us and I think that's going to be a really interesting podcast for anyone perhaps that's interested in doing a surgical cert um, and yeah. also for a little bit of an inside knowledge into what goes on behind the scenes in, uh, in Galabi. Galabi. Yeah, it's cool. Mm -hmm. um, thanks so much, Dave. And look, we might, I might see you around Cork. <laughs> you definitely will. I'll spot the Cork jersey. <laughs> Thanks guys. Thanks Hi, for having thanks. me on. Thank you for listening to the Fed Space Ireland podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to find out more, go to FedspaceIreland.ie. And don't forget to check us out on social media and tag us whilst you're listening to the podcasts. We'd love to see it.